so you really want to involve people that are in the process as well. What it boils down to is when you when you're trying to decipher non-value add versus value added step, you're really evaluating how much time is being spent during a typical eight-hour workday applying paint correctly versus time spent setting up, prepping, moving, cleaning up, and tearing down. So once you understand the ratio of what's value added to what versus what's non-value added. That's when the real work begins to start eliminating waste. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. I'm your host, Molly Nolan, and today we welcome NCG business coach, Jim Bradley to the podcast for an introduction to the concept of lean thinking and its application to how we can better approach operational strategy and workflow to the trades and service industries. With an extensive background in operational management, Jim's expertise and passion shines most in this department, and he's excited to share his knowledge, teach others how to think in the lean way, and cascade this perspective lens to their teams for greater impact. The lean concept is full of tools in the toolbox, many of which we'll explore in future episodes. Today we start high level and draw the correlation of lean, which is most known in the manufacturing world, to the trades. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode. I'm excited to welcome NCG coach Jim Bradley to the Out of the Hourglass uh, podcast channel. Jim, welcome. Hey, Molly. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's about time we get you on one of these podcasts. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's it's good to have you. So for those who don't know Jim, Jim joined Nolan Consulting Group earlier this year. And in that time has been a fantastic value add, not only to the team from a culture standpoint, fitting right in, but also from an experience standpoint of just how much value in the operational world um, that he has brought to the table and has already quickly, you know, ranked up his client count and is working pretty deeply with several of our uh, clients already here in terms of our cascading planning process packages um, and business plan, as well as some summit members and individual development plans. So you've, you've dived in pretty quickly, Jim. How's it feeling? Yeah, I'm loving every moment of it. It's, uh, I love the engagement, uh, having a lot of fun with the clients and uh, looking forward to building it up more. It's, it, that's great to hear. And, you know, whenever you, we're a small team and so whenever you bring on new people to a team, it's always like, you know, want to make sure it's a good fit. And I feel like we hit the nail on the head with this one. I feel like you just have like seamlessly found yourself a part of the NCG mix. Um, it's, it's been really great to have you, um, especially coming in a time where, gosh, we moved offices and you joined us and we weren't in our new space yet. So um, thank you for bearing with us over the last uh, you know, no, five, I, six months. Yeah, absolutely. I I, uh, I could say the same thing, Molly. I think that from a culture perspective, uh, coming in as a new person, I, it was a perfect fit for me as well. I'm really enjoying working with all my peers. And I, I've learned, I, I mentioned this to Colin the other day, but I learn from everybody every day, all, all my peers and even my clients. It's 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 just really uh, engaging to go through it every day. I look forward to it every day. I love that. It's a good it's yeah. a good feeling when you are uh, when you feel good about coming to work. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Not everybody has that. Um, so Jim, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of, you know, uh, your, your background, what, you know, where you come from in terms of past experiences and, you know, what do you, what do you love in terms of the work that you do? Yeah, so, uh, absolutely. Um, so I, like you said, I'm the newest member of the coaching team, uh, about six, seven months in, um, I love what I do, love working with my clients, uh, getting to know them, help them with their businesses, um, I have a pretty diverse background. Uh, I've been in six industries. Uh, wow. so my, my career has taken me down a path, uh, where I've worked in mainly manufacturing, um, had a pretty large stint in transportation, uh, went into food production, went into industrial processing, consulting. And, uh, when I, prior to coming to Nolan, I was in airport services and, you know, all these experiences have allowed me to uh, really provided exposure to complex problems mm -hmm. in a variety of ways and uh, provide the opportunity to learn and develop my leadership and my skill sets. Uh, and, you know, during that time is uh, how I developed a passion for process improvement and really getting into studying lean thinking and uh, running projects in basically every one of those industries. Well, you just kind of zeroed in on a topic, um, that lean thinking, which is kind of one of the the areas of kind of your your specialty, and it's it's an area in which we can absolutely be applying to all of the clients that we work with. And when we think about operational efficiencies and production, lean thinking here goes hand in hand with that. Um, so that's a really cool, you know, item for us to kind of grab onto is this is a new concept that we can introduce to our client base. And, you know, let's do it here. Let's kind of walk through down the road a little bit of, as to what is lean thinking? How can we begin to apply it to uh, the trades industry um, in terms of, you know, how we coach our clients, um, depending upon what, you know, what, what uh, problems that they're looking to solve. Uh, and so let's just go with, go with it, Jim, what is, what is, what is lean thinking? Yeah. So lean thinking stems from TPS, the Toyota production system, uh, okay. a lot of, um, really, really developed and fostered through manufacturing, uh, often a lot of, uh, a lot of people think that it's a manufacturing thing. Uh, mm -hmm. but it certainly applies to services as well. So lean thinking is often positioned as, um, the underlying theory of lean production. So, uh, there's a lot of work in literature that Womack and Jones did. Um, but really what it comes down to is every business needs to define value of the product or service that they produce. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's based on the customer needs. And the, the challenge is that leaders must define a value stream, a process uh, that builds the products or services for problem solving, problem solving, whether it's through uh, technology, process, or physical work. Um, so the, the critical part of, of lean thinking is the customer de defines value. Okay. Um, now we we know that um and we say this a lot that we eat um we eat problems for breakfast here or the, or the service industry often eats problems for breakfast. Kevin Nolan speaks to that quite often. We just business is messy, right? We have to 
expect problems. They're going to happen. No day is perfect. No operational strategy is perfect, but there are things that we can do. We can apply. We can have processes that help us work through those challenges or be more efficient in dealing with those challenges. And so is, is lean thinking a way to kind of work work through the mess that business just you know naturally creates? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when we're running a business, we, we encounter fires and mm-hmm. we're, 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 so they're the ones that kind of rise to the surface and we, we tackle, um, really, I, I like to say lean thinking is a lens that we look through. Okay. So, okay. so not always is it the, the, the most pertinent fire it's, it's the process, right? Every process has waste within it. And, you know, a business owner certainly sees these opportunities. Um, the the challenge is how do you get your team to see them and start mm-hmm. working towards solutions and minimizing waste? It's like that cascading, like it's almost like, you know, you're instead of like cascading a vision or cascading the plan, you're almost needing to like cascade that the lens of perspective we're trying to look through here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think so basically lean thinking is a way of thinking about an activity and seeing the waste that is inadvertently happening and generated by the way the process was developed and organized. Interesting. So it's the way you look at it. And, you know, which it makes sense. I mean, when you think of just the word lean itself, lean is just trying to like get yourself nice and trim, right? Like trying to trim something down and get rid of the extra things that you don't need. Right. Um, Yeah. So it, it really, when you think about it, literally lean thinking is how are we doing things without the extras that are causing problems. Absolutely. And um, it's, it's a way of just looking at something and it, you know, it's invaluable when you can get your team and cascade that lens down throughout the organization. And it really doesn't matter what size of the organization that um, there's just always waste and, and waste. If you can, identify the non-value added waste and and come up with a solution. It's just going to add to your bottom line and the quality that you provide your customers. So I want to come back to the value added versus non-value added because there's probably some, well, is there waste that that you consider a value add or no? Waste that is a value add? Yeah. No. No. Okay. So, but, but there is a difference between value added items and non-value added items. So we'll, we'll come back to that. But um, in terms of like, what are the core principles of the lean thinking concept? Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of material. Um, The key, the key with like educating your teams on this is to boil it down to some simple aspects of it. Right. So Mm -hmm. the five principles really, I'd say number one is precisely identify the value by specific product, right? So define the value that that service or that product is going to provide for a customer. Um, Then that'll take you into um, what what we typically call the value stream. Uh, Mm -hmm. And this is where you map out the process and you're looking at the current state and you're thinking about what the future state will look like and the improvement from the current state to the future state. Okay. Uh, so then, then the key word that you often hear when, when you're talking about lean or process improvement is flow, 
right? So make mm -hmm. value flow with very little interruption, streamline the process. Um, because when things are continuously moving, uh, it's efficient, productive, and the quality is going to be good. Uh, I know often in my manufacturing background, uh, I had mentors that always told me sometimes there's more value in slowing down and absolutely mm. correct. Uh, that's what yeah. I experienced. I gained 30 years. Yeah, we've, we've spoken to that, you know, before, sometimes it makes the most sense to slow down and kind of put a pause on growth or just trying to grind to really, um, create the right process so that you are scalable, you have things in place so that when that engine goes back on, you can go forward with, you have the speed, you're, you're, you're operating with more efficiencies versus gosh, um, someone once said to me, trying to grow a tree, like with no roots in the ground, right? Like, that tree might grow high. It might look beautiful from the outside, but if there are no roots in the ground, that tree does, is not going to last very long. No, nah, Molly, and that, that's a great analogy because often when you see uh, some visual perceptions of lean, it's a tree. Oh, is it? Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, one that jumps in my head is a carrot, right? It says, all right, so the, the portion that's above the ground, somebody's really wealthy and yeah. doing well. And then next to them's a guy where there's not much above the ground, but, but the roots are there. Mm -hmm. And it really defines the value system. Uh, so that, that was a good, good pickup. Thanks. I, so I had a client say that to me once. Um, so yeah. I, I won't take full credit for it um, in terms yeah. of that analogy of how they felt like their company was currently at. Um, but I, I, when she said it to me, I could, I completely resonated. I was like, I can picture that. I can picture things looking really great. You're growing, you're scaling, but like it could fall apart and tip over with one swift gust of breeze or one challenge that comes through the door that you can't hold on to. Right. And you often see that in a company that is really focused on sales. And I would, I would, I use the term bite off more than they can chew, right? They don't yeah. have the systems to support it. And that, that kind of goes in line with that. We are all about systems here at yes. MCG. Have yes, the systems. Are. So speak to me a little bit more about, I mean, these are obviously, these are, these are core principles that absolutely, you know, it, it, you said lean has mostly been a concept within the manufacturing space, but we can easily apply this to any of the trades service industries that, that we work with. I mean, there, there is a workflow process from when the lead hits the phone all the way through the end of the job being complete and report cards going out, you know, regardless of what, what industry it actually is, um, so when you think about your past experience, like what are some examples of how you've utilized this, this lens to think about different problems? Yeah. So as I went through my career, I was in manufacturing and then I, I went to FedEx and FedEx is a service industry. And that's where mm -hmm. I received most of my training and certifications in lean methodologies. Right. So it certainly applies to the service industry. Um, so I, some things, so a couple of things that, you know, it can apply to the trades is so like one aspect is improved productivity and efficiency, mm -hmm. right? So I've worked in the past with a HVAC uh, service provider and, you know, one, one issue we saw was crew dispatch. So every morning the trucks would come to the shop and they would, be walking around gathering tools that they need, sheet metal, different aspects. And we, you know, when you stand back and you observe, you see them 
you see a crew of 25 guys, some staying around, some walking, finding stuff, and they're late getting out into the field and working. Mm-hmm. Um, so a simple solution there was we, we created a, we, we hired a person to pre-stage all the product by work van. And when the crews came in, they just picked it up and they were in and out within five minutes. Uh, incredible value added there. Um, it allowed the team to get back into the field and produce more throughout their day. That's uh, a great example. Cause I often think that, you know, whether it's the shop manager position or even the staging concept itself isn't always an area that receives enough attention for how much impact it can have on the value of time in a day. Um, I mean, I've even, you know, going back to conversations and other podcasts, you know, talking to Jim Falk and Connell Mulraney at Nolan Painting, how they're you know, Jim and Connell both come from the sales and the operation side and how they are now working together to help better stage jobs for production. And sales is really involved in that staging now because they've realized it can help the job start on time and finish on time when there is more more thought put into that portion of, of the job. Absolutely. And, and the mistake that's often made is a, a business owner will look at that as adding overhead. Right, right. And not kind of saying, looking at it through the lens of like problem cost and opportunity loss, right? Uh, Another one would be, you know, a a service industry. uh, There was one before with uh, plumbers where I worked a project. They were, um, you know, they, they have multiple stops through the day. And their first stop, what we observed was to get fuel in the morning. All right. So just imagine stopping at a Wawa, you're getting gas, you're going in, you're buying your lunch. So next thing you know, it's 20 minutes gone. Right. And then they would do it again, probably on the back end of the day to refuel. Uh, So the solution there was to bring on-site fuel in. So, and when you, when you work in conjunction with your, your time management system, you can see that they're getting on the jobs faster processing the work faster. And uh, ultimately you've seen an improvement in productivity, just doing more jobs. So, you know, utilizing a tool like your, your time management software can really help you to kind of analyze the data of what's actually happening every day and where time is being spent. So important. I I've had that conversation with probably most of my clients. It's in particular ones that don't have it. So Mm -hmm. Today, today it's different because everything's cloud-based and you, you, your time systems easily clocking in and off on phones. They're geofenced. Uh, you have a lot of control of your labor out in the field. And I think a lot of people don't recognize they have that opportunity. Yeah. It's not being afraid of bringing, or not, not being afraid, not fearing um, the investment in technology because while at times it can seem like it's a large investment to be making, but the flip side of it is being able to work through that lean perspective and pull out, you know, what's, what is the non-value add of the day that is costing us dollars? Right. Right. So another, another example could be in particular with painting, right? So over-processing is uh, a problem. So there's waste there. So did it, painter paint a portion of the room that was not within the scope of the work 
Mm. Um, did he apply too many coats of paint? Uh, you know, so yield management, um, is it the right technology, right? So like, I think about um, dipping the paint in the paintbrush in the buckets multiple times, that's, that's unnecessary motion, right? Is there a technology that can stop that? And I'm sure we see it in a lot of our painters, there's, mm -hmm. there's jet rollers and everything. Uh, but that would be an example. Um, over processing, you know, doing some damage and then having to fix it. So just minimizing that variation. So, I mean, what you just pointed out, just that, that motion component of, of not being a time waster. I mean, so this means you're really, when you're, when you're using this perspective, you're really going deep and looking into the details of every part of a workflow and understanding, you know, the, the impact every, every step, every little step has on the overall job. Absolutely. So when you learn to look through the proper lens, you, you notice, so like with my experience, I walk into operations and I immediately start picking that stuff up. Right. Cause I have a lot of experience and the mm -hmm. goal is to educate our people to see that our, our crew leaders are, are foreman in the field. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's what it is. It's just wasted movement. Um, you could boil it all the way down into uh, think about a manufacturing environment where a gentleman may be making widgets. And if he's walking from point A, five feet to point B, how do you minimize that? How do you eliminate those five feet? You close the work area in and he, that's just, you, you're getting rid of wasted steps. Um, so when you are talking to clients and hearing about like, what their workflow looks like, you know, what their production um, days are kind of, you know, spread out into are, are times where like your like alarms are going off in your head, like bing, 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 yeah. like, fix that. We can do this. We can do this. No, absolutely. So the, the bells are going off for me. And I've always yeah. said that when I came in is that uh, I always talk to Brian and Andrew about this lean material and Colin. And I'm like, I'm not sure how to apply it yet, but I'm like, as, as I get involved with clients, the bells will start going off. And they are. Yeah. Um, for example, I have a client right now who has uh, 20 vans uh, that he dispatches to the field. And he's like, the trucks are a mess. And they're always digging in there for different tools. And like automatically, I start thinking about the different tools that are in, in the lean toolbox and, you know, five mm -hmm. S is a big one. That's where you visually stage everything and you can see tools that are missing and it's, or it's an organization tool. Um, so I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of items like that popping up. So within the lean concept, it sounds like there are other, there are tools in which you can utilize to help you know, fix things that in, in, through the perspective that you're, you're looking at, um, we won't dive into those now, obviously it tees us up for some good, you know, discussions and down the line, but I mean, the five S, um, I know Andrew has been really excited about the concept of, is it Tim Woods? Am I Tim saying Wood. that? Yeah. Tim Wood. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an area that applies to with, you know, within the lean thinking as well. So we'll definitely go down that road in, uh, in future conversations. Um, talk to me a little, going back to, you know, from the beginning, that value add versus non-value add, how do you parse that out in, in looking through this perspective? Yeah. So for example, if you 
if you if you are observing a process, so you really want to involve people that are in the process as well, right? So part of the solution. So um, what it boils down to is, and I'll use paint as an example again, when you when you're trying to decipher non-value adverse value added steps, right? So think of steps. Um, you're really evaluating how much time is being spent during a typical eight-hour workday applying paint correctly. All right, so I'm using paint as a point of mm -hmm. reference here. Versus time spent setting up, prepping, moving, cleaning up, and tearing down. So once you understand the ratio of what's value added to what versus what's non-value added, that's when the real work begins to start eliminating waste. Um, one one example I always like to use as a point of reference, and it it relates well to paint. And so think of like maybe a larger job mm -hmm. in industrial or commercial painting, moving scaffolding and ladders, right? Um, a friend of mine, a, a, a mentor kind of pointed out this perspective for me. He, he said, you watch the Super Bowl show and you watch that halftime show and that stage go up and come down in a matter of minutes. It's wild. Yeah. Right. Every, so, every year. It, and it almost gets bigger and bigger every year. It's, it's, it's a huge production, huge production. And just think about the time that they tear that scaffolding down and the stage yeah. and everything. That's a, there's absolutely lean concepts being applied there to streamline that because they're, they're working within a constraint of time because the game's mm -hmm. got to get going again. Right. Yep. When you bring it into our world of business, you know, it's often said, if you allow time, the scope of the job will expand. Right. So people work to the pace that you allow. Um, mm -hmm. So when it comes to the, to just set up with ladders and everything. If you just think about if you had that process streamlined and set up where the painters just move constantly, they don't get down, they move, they don't move ladders. It's like set up for them and it's just a continuous flow. Um, and that's where you really get into value added versus non-value added. This really, I mean, highlights the need for smaller organizations and larger if they don't have it to really have their SOPs in place, right? Like to really have a, a standard operating procedure of how everything in the business is done. And doesn't mean that the SOP you have right now is is perfect, um, but you have something that you can then continue to improve upon by, you know, by applying some lean perspective and kind of breaking it up, tearing it apart and kind of rebuilding it. But if you don't have any SOP in place for how your business should be operating, I mean, that would be the first place to start, I would imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. I would say that. So just say you did a project and we were looking at a dispatch and we go in and we 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 do the value stream and we identify value at it and non-value at it. A big part of the tool is training your team on a new process. And that's where the SOP comes in with a lot of, you know, a lot of power behind it because mm -hmm. it's, it's documented. This is our process. This is what we are, we are going to do. And also the other thing is like, once you spend the time fixing the process, so it's a little bit of an investment of time and, and resources, you, you want to put in place steps to verify that this stuff is happening. 
So that also becomes a part of your, your SOP. So like an audit, mm -hmm. right? So for example, if you fixed a issue in the field, you want your crew leader, your foreman doing some type of audit to make sure this stuff is happening out there and they're right. executing. So that you can really see the impact of that, of that change, that change, right. you know, movement happening. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about, um, you know, just looking at uh, trying to fix one thing. And obviously we're trying to teach our clients um, this perspective so that um, because they can't, they can't make a change without the buy-in from others. They can't, it's, it go, goes all the way back to you know, our cascading thinking is that we have to teach others, get others involved in thinking this way so that they can also be pointing out issues along the way and be looking at how to solve problems. This is a full, this is a full team think operation. This is not um, one person believes we should be operating this way. You have to really kind of embrace, embrace the concept as a group. Yes. So it, it starts from the top down. So mm -hmm. if your if your leadership is not embrace a way of lean thinking or process improvement, uh, it's not going to cascade down. Right. So it's, uh, it's very important to, to, you got to be careful when you're, when you're doing a pro uh, uh, improvement project with the team. Okay. Cause you're going to encounter a lot of pushback. Mm -hmm. You're going to say, no, we can't do that. Uh, people don't uh, like change. No. Uh, so I've been on a project before where it was in a manufacturing facility and there was these huge steel cylinders that needed to be painted every year. Right. So we, we were working at the streamline the process and we had, we're like, why can't we sand and then prep and paint all in one motion? Right. So flow, mm -hmm. the team was pushing back hard on us until we, we, we proved that we could do it. So you go through the exercise and then nerve bells start ringing. Like, all right, I, I see this working. So it's critical to bring them with you on any process improvement journey, right? But be sensitive to the fact that they're likely going to say they're the subject matter expert in the field, yeah, right? And they're going to feel like you're invading their territory and telling them that you know better than them. So it's very important to include them and pull them along. And then it's amazing when you see that engagement change, it goes from pushback to like, they're running a hundred miles an hour. Let's do this. Let's do that. Uh, I can apply this to that. And it, it's just like very contagious uh, once it gets going. And as a business owner, that's what we want. Yeah. Um, we want that to catch momentum. The The approach is everything. Yeah. It really, it, it really matters. Sure. There's, so there's so much to kind of even dive into this further, Jim, you know, like I mentioned before, um, the Tim Woods component, the the five S, you know, in terms of the, the organizational kind of way you, you, you look at things, um, what most excites you about this concept in working, you know, with Nolan Consulting Group clients, you know, what, what do you foresee the opportunity here? Yeah. So I'm passionate about this and, uh, it's like, it's everything I do, even on my, my leisure time, I do a lot of reading and following up on it, but, uh, I love working with people, right? I love teaching people that that's like a big 
part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, we work with clients to improve their businesses, improve their lives, improve their quality of life. And this, so I see the opportunity, uh, it, it applies itself to our work, right? Mm-hmm. So um, wherever there's processes, wherever there's people, there's opportunity and there's value and non-value at at steps that need to be sorted out. And um, the work that we do at Nolan, it just, it could add a whole new level to the way our clients look at their business and approach complex problems. I, I love that. And I think it's the, the perspective of um, let's identify problems in our process as opportunities to be better to get faster to to scale to save money to make money right let's instead of looking at it the the problems that we are identifying from a negative perspective like oh we've got so many problems we got waste here like flip it to there's opportunity here to get better yeah and you know every client i've encountered they they care about their people uh they they really do so it it's really for the most part, I would think most of them would say this is an opportunity to eliminate waste, reduce cost, and reinvest in the company. Whether it's taking care of our people or just growth technology, um, but really that's what it comes down to because it's 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 a perception for the long haul. All right, so it's not something that you just do and say I did it. Mm-hmm. You, you know and. Don't get me wrong. You do these projects and you're all excited and it it kicks off, but then it falls off. Right. And then people lose commitment, but you got to be disciplined with saying, all right, we're going to get back on this. Um, And that's just an element with dealing with people. Yep. As Brian likes to always say, discipline is remembering what you want. I know that's not his quote. It's somebody else's quote, but he often says it. (laughs) Absolutely. Discipline is remembering what you want. Um, Well, Jim, this was great. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today, for bringing a new concept into the NCG world. I think this is only the beginning of uh, this discussion. And I'm sure, you know, at upcoming, you know, the Grand Summit in March in San Diego, we're definitely going to see some discussions around this. I think there's a definitely a, a session in in play for doing getting lean thinking into uh, into the mold. Oh, absolutely. I would love it. It'd be awesome. a lot of fun. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, um, Jim, I hope that you um, would will come back and be on more episodes. Oh, absolutely. Good, good. I didn't scare you off the first time. No, <laughs> the first no time. Way. That's good. Um, well, awesome. Until next time, Jim, thank you so much. Hi, Molly. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolandcg.com.